aka Patters, we have breached episode 450. This is episode 451 of aka Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. And I am your host, Peter A. DeLuca, aka the Eclectic One, aka the World Sketchbook Champion, creator of Uzi Susie and Trial by Fire. Sign up right now. You can go to akapad.com. You can get two Wolfpack trading cards. I, I also throw a couple other things into those packets, but it's just free merch. The only thing I need is your email and your support and a uh, address, of course. I can mail it to you. We're talking Will Smith. This is the middle. We're like, I feel like we're right smack in the middle of the Will Smith-a-thon. And we're talking and never lose focus. The name of the movie is called Focus. Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Uh, I, I I call it Never Lose Focus because that, that's what I remember. Um, some of the, the like the advertising and maybe like a movie poster. They would just say Never Lose Focus, and it looked like a movie that was a sequel to Hitch. <laughs> it wasn't. This is. It's a pretty good, pretty good, pretty solid con movie. I believe. I will say that this movie is perfectly paired with Matchstick Men by Ridley Scott. And I, I want to say, like, did Ridley Scott produce this movie? I don't believe so. But it, I think it was uh, Brett Ratner's company that, that put this movie together. And what is it exactly? What is a con movie? Well, we got to go back to something called The Sting, Oscar award-winning movie. Butch Cassidy song Dance Kid. Paul Newman reunites with, uh, oh my God, uh, what's his name? Robert Redford. Robert Redford, Paul Newman, The Sting. Jackie Gleason's in it. That's like the ultimate con movie. Uh, it is the con movie. And from that point on, now, The Sting, I want to say, was 1964, maybe 1965, around the same time of, uh, as Butch and Sundance came out. But set, like you can kind of argue since the 60s, Hollywood has been chasing the con movie exactly like the process or the 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 ideas or the um the demonstration of perfecting what the sting did so well. It's come close, you know, and it's really hard to rate or structure movies in a way outside their era. You kind of always pick the best of the errors and you respect that movies exist within the era. Uh, and and most con movies are comedies. They, they have a comedic edge to them because for some reason <laughs> Hollywood wants to glamorize con men and they're just uh, laughable. They're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just stealing from rich people. Like really some bad messaging, I, I will say, uh, contradictory messaging. Now, there's also con movies that exist within Hollywood. Like, uh, like there's The Player, they're swimming with sharks, where there's a, a con happening through these, like, film productions. You know, and, and you, you can kind of also say, now, the, like, in the TV show Entourage, the HBO Entourage show, and, and you might be like, Pete, like, that's, like, Hollywood, though. Like, but a lot of Hollywood is the exact, portrayal of a con man meaning these guys are putting on different faces they're uh they're working different angles at different times there's always a ulterior intent and when hollywood shows us film production it, it, it kind of does double as a con so here we go 
what is this movie? Well, this movie is worth watching. This movie is nothing but fun. This movie has a good hook. It has a good twist. Now, does it pause? Does it stop? Does this con movie slow down? It does. There's a point in this movie. Spoiler alert. We do spoilers here. Uh, I don't care because this is my podcast. Now, the only times we don't do spoilers is when I don't want to ruin the movie for people, which I did for seven pounds. But Margot Robbie is uh, ditched. She's ditched right smack in the middle of the movie. Okay, they and further in the movie, they, they refer to this as New Orleans. And New Orleans gets referenced uh, within the third act a couple of times. Now, you might be like, Peter, what's the third act? Well, the third act is literally beginning when Will Smith goes off on his own and he realizes that Margot Robbie was a part of another con and he kind of uses her in this movie to be uh almost like a like a like a shock dummy like her he needs her natural reactions he needs her to be naturally shocked so he doesn't tell her anything he's doing at all in this entire movie and she just uh has to be good enough a good enough con artist to go along with things when they get revealed along the way now we have ourselves one amazing scene in this movie with bd wong our scientist friend from jurassic park he plays this uh overly wealthy billionaire right he's got to be a billionaire and, <laughs> and uh it takes place during the super bowl uh or their their the universe version of a super bowl and they make a bet, and they uh, the, the guy's name I don't know who I always forget the guy's name, but he's like this 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 uh, uh let's see uh, is it Adrian Martinez? It's got to be right. Adrian Martinez is freaking amazing and hilarious in this movie. But it's the whole movie's like you you have to or like the the whole con in this one scene is you, you I'm going to give you a pair of binoculars. I'm going to guess what number player you're going to pick from the football field. If I guess the same number player that you pick out, I get all the money. And, and at that point, I think it's like $2 million. And they, they do this whole setup where, where uh, Adrian Martinez is on the field just like hanging out in, in full football gear, talking to people during the Super Bowl on the sideline. It's a great scene. It's a great setup. It's probably one of the best con scenes uh, ever okay it's it's that good of a scene it's set to uh rolling stones it is awesome and the, the revelation of that scene i always want to feel like that scene uh should have been the end of the movie like that that scene if the movie ended on that scene uh focus would have made a billion dollars at the box office or relatively speaking uh, a billion even back then like 300 million was like the gold standard for hollywood blockbusters even in 2015. But no, so we get, and then from that point on, the movie shifts into a different con that we don't know if it's a con. And this is why these movies are so much fun to watch. Because it gets to the point where you don't know what's real, what's not, what's the con, what's not the con, what's the short play, what's the long play. These movies have such a good effect and they're almost like universal. Men and women absolutely love con movies. You know, this is Will Smith's addition to that genre, and it's a really good one. It's a, it's a really good one. Now, where this movie got me in the feels, where because I look, 
I talk about this. I watch movies from beginning to end, from the opening company tags, the, the, the company introductions to who financed and put the movie together, all the way through the very end of the credits. And the second song of the credits was Windmills of the Mind. Now, this got me. This got me so good. It made me love the movie even more. That is right. And you're probably thinking, Pete, how can a second song at the end of the end of the credits get you? And how can that improve the film experience? Because Windmills of the Mind goes to the Thomas Crown Affair. The original Steve McQueen, the arguably better Pierce Brosnan, John McTiernan remake. But the Windmills of the Mind is just one of those absolute perfect songs. It's a it's a song that fits so well in this movie. It's not used in the movie, but the idea that they were like conscious of it, they put it there. Now I don't know how how deep you know, like that could have just been thrown there for like a soundtrack release, but it's there and it's meaningful. And it really goes to show you that they they think about these things. And when I realize those like those details and you see it happen, it does make you appreciate movies and cinema more and more because we're on that line. Whenever we watch a movie, we're partially watching cinema. And just speaking of cinema, uh, shout out to the cinematographer Xavier Perez Grobit. Uh, this this movie is just shot beautifully. He shoots night so well with the third act and and the you know there there there's a nightclub scene because uh, we're dealing with Formula One racers, we're dealing with billionaire racers at that point, and there's just a lot of dark and then absolutely bright juxtaposed scenes back to back, and they're just it just works, and you do get a sense of time, you get a sense of flow. Very well executed there. This movie from top to bottom, well written, well produced, well acted, more good music. Will, Will, Will Smith movies uh, are great. Nick Urata, which I'm not familiar with what, what, what else has he done. And this is all for a budget, roughly maybe between 50 to $65 million. The movie effectively doubled its budget. Good, low-level, mid-level investment by Warner Brothers in their star, Will Smith. And I, and I say in their star because Will Smith wasn't exactly setting the world on fire when he made Focus and exactly when he made the next movie that we're going to talk about very soon, Concussion, straight-up Oscar bait Concussion. So let's get there. Let's get to Concussion, episode 452, a.k.a. Pad, Audio Audacity, signing out. Now, we have, let, 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 let's just, um, before we sign out, we have Concussion, 2016, there's Collateral Beauty, and then 2019 is Gem Gemini. And then we're going to do Ali and then his, his first movie. So we're, we're still a little bit out there. I apologize. If you're not into Will Smith movies, just, uh, you know, skip ahead. Skip ahead to an episode that uh, appeals to you. But, yeah, Will Smith's interesting enough, right? Outside the slap. I love you. Goodbye. Rock and roll.